And welcome on in to the Ryan Hickey Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. A very, very happy Saturday morning to you. Welcome on in. Appreciate you joining us for this weekend and making us a part of your weekend festivities right here on the Ryan Hickey Show. Where else? You know the deal. But CBS Sports Radio. We have finally seen it. Not the light. We have finally seen Victor Wembenyama's NBA debut. That was in Summer League against half the guys that would not be even in the NBA. But nonetheless, in a Spurs jersey he was. In Vegas on an NBA-sanctioned court for the first time in his career, we finally saw the Victor Wembenyama era begin. And right as it's beginning, I wanted to discuss expectations. What do you think in your mind would constitute a successful career for a guy who's been called the best prospect ever? And a guy right now who's being compared to, again, already some of the best ever played the game. What do you think Wembenyama has to do in order for you to say, wow, that was a great career. A successful career. He was worth it. The Spurs could feel like he was worth the number one overall pick. And he was worth the hype. My goal here for this last hour of the Ryan Hickey Show is this. My goal is to create realistic expectations for Victor Wembenyama's career. Which is why I have really one bar for him to uh, for him to clear. If he clears this one bar, I will call his career a success. This is the bar. Be the number one, we'll say. Be the number one guy, number one contributor on a championship team. That's it. Whether it's with the Spurs, whether it's another, whether it's another team, if we're talking about a team centered around Victor Wembenyama and they win a title, one championship, that to me is what I would call and deem a success. Right there, that is it. One ring on the finger. He's the biggest reason for it. Spurs fans, you can feel like this was worth it. He lived up to the hype. Everything else after that would be gravy in my opinion. He wins multiple titles, wins multiple MVP awards, All-NBA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever you want to say. Everything outside of winning that first championship, I think would be gravy. For Spurs fans, NBA fans, and Wembenyama fans going forward here. And the reason why I'm trying to actively set the bar low is also because too many people have taken this hype train and driven it off the tracks. Like, it is truly insane. I have never, and I was a little bit younger. You know, I was about 9 or 10 years old when LeBron James first cracked into the NBA and when he was being covered um, in high school. So, like, I remember, but not as obviously vividly as I do now with at least Wembenyama's coverage and the hype around him. But I could definitely never remember someone being talked about, I think, more ridiculously than the expectations right now that are set out for Victor Wembanyama by some. 
Because there are people out there paid, paid to talk about the NBA that on the record recently have said if Victor Wembenyama is the next Kevin Durant, is the next Anthony Davis, is the next Hakeem Olajuwon, that his uh, career would be a failure. A failure. Think about how ridiculously stupid and impossible those standards are that are trying to be set by some. If you are a Hall of Fame caliber player, if you are a player with MVP awards and championships, you are a failure. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But the hype is real. Even a guy like Adrian Wojnarowski, who is a news reporter, not a news opiner, right? He doesn't give many opinions. He, for the most part, tells us what he hears. The day of the draft, a few weeks ago, he was on ESPN's airwaves and said Victor Wembanyama could be the most highly anticipated player to ever enter the NBA. A little bit of hyperbole there, I think, personally, from Woj. But again, even he's not immune to when it comes to talking about Wembenyama, talking about it in big, bold proclamations. I don't know why this guy is the one that now, all of a sudden, the bar is being set so impossibly high that he can do nothing, basically, but fail. Because basically, the goal by some people out there, I feel like even maybe more than some, unfortunately, is to be the best player this game's ever seen. Be better than Michael Jordan. Be better than LeBron James. That's not possible. That cannot be the expectation coming into the league at 19 years old. Hey, in order for you to be considered a success, you have to be the best player to ever play the game. You're setting him up for failure. You're setting him up for disappointment. And I'm trying to fix that before it gets too late here. That's why for me, my expectation, I think it's realistic. Victor Wembanyama be a centerpiece for a championship team. Win one championship, be the centerpiece for it. Your career is a success. What do you think about that? Am I setting the bar too low? Or really, should we readjust our expectations for a guy who's very hyped, but we know little about. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Like, let's not pretend like going number one overall in the draft is like a lock that you're going to be this all-time great player. Let's not pretend that because you're a hyped prospect that it's automatic, you're going to live up to it, and now all of a sudden we got to keep raising the bar higher and higher because we want to make it challenging and or see how far you can go. Like, look at recently extremely highly hyped prospects and how things have gone. Obviously, LeBron has turned out pretty well. But since then, you had Greg Oden. That was a guy, that was a, that was a can't-miss prospect. And the only thing he missed was the court. Total bust. Couldn't stay healthy. Never, obviously, was able to live up to the hype. And then more recently, 
a few years ago, Zion Williamson, who what was it like in sophomore year of high school, we saw him dunking on Instagram, and he's had these highlight reel dunks already. He's like a 15-year-old, goes to Duke, always in the spotlight. You'll never forget, at least I won't, never forget the video that came out of the Pelicans' war room when they won the lottery. I mean, you would have thought they each won a billion dollars. It was easily the greatest day of everyone in that room's life because they thought they hit the jackpot. They thought they were good in getting Zion. And how has that worked out? Zion had, uh, Zion had all the hype. Everyone's going crazy for him. The can't-miss prospect. And now, again, just like Greg Oden, can't get on the court. And there's a lot of other issues off the court, too. Not exactly living up to the hype so far, to say the least. So let's not pretend it's a slam dunk or it's easy that, oh, you go number one overall, you're a lock to be this all-time great Hall of Fame player. Not at all. Not in the slightest. So let's actually treat Wembenyama like he deserves to be treated. Giving him real expectations to live up to, not just making these absurd, asinine claims, knowing he'll never live up to it, just so you can call him a bust and be cool because everyone's talking about how good he is, and you got to be the person that's different and say, oh, I knew he was going to suck. See, he never was better than LeBron, so he sucked, I told you. No, it's stupid. If he wins two titles and two MVPs, both less than LeBron James, no one should be calling him a failure. And if you do, I never want to talk sports with you again, honestly. Don't talk to me. And that's a conversation... It's not worth having. Win a championship. Be the centerpiece of that championship. That is a successful career right then and there for Victor Wembenyama. And the reason I'm, by the way, circling championship, right? The reason why my focus for for Victor's future in terms of expectations and what it would take for me to call his career a success The reason why I'm focused on championships more than MVPs, All-NBA, greatest player ever, is because we only care about championships. I'm focusing on what everybody only cares about. The first thing when when we talk about any individual player is what? Well, how many championships do they win? Yeah, you're saying they're great? How come he only won one title? Oh, you think he's just the greatest player ever? Why is he only won four titles? The first metric we use when discussing any player in the league, past or present, is championships. Rings on the finger. Charles Barkley, I think the first thing that comes to mind outside of his insanely funny TNT studio analysis is zero rings. Michael Jordan. For how great of a player he is, or I guess was, all of the MVP awards, all NBA nods, all defensive team nods, the number we associate with Michael Jordan the most is six. Six for the number of championships. I bet you a large majority couldn't tell you how many MVP awards Michael Jordan has. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know. I think it's four. I'm actually looking up right now. I honestly can't even tell you with a a straight face or or with certainty, I should say, how many MVP awards Michael Jordan has. 
Five-time MVP. What did I say? Four? I was off by one. Five MVPs. But the number everybody knows, six. LeBron James, six titles. Uh, Excuse me, four titles. When we're talking about the GOAT discussion, LeBron versus MJ, what is the first thing that's always brought up? Championships. We care about championships first. MVP and All-NBA, points scored, averages, etc. All that is secondary. So in order for, I think, Wembenyama to be a success in the NBA, in order for Spurs fans to feel like they got, you know, a good bang for their buck, or if he's traded a laser free agency at some point at 2030 or whatever, and he's on another team, if you get Wemby on your team, if you win a championship with him, that's a success. That is, to me, my expectation for him. Win a championship Everything else outside of that is gravy. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. If you can call, you can tweet us right there. What are your expectations for Victor Wembenyama's career? What do you think he has to do in order for you to like, oh, wow, he loved up to the hype. His career was everything I thought it would be and more. We'll get your thoughts on Big B's debut. And also, when we do return here on the Ryan Hickey Show, he did make his debut. Let's dive into it. There was one concern, one flaw, if you will, that a lot of draft analysts and fans talked about when it comes to Victor Wembenyama transferring his game to the NBA level. And I think through one summer league game, We can put that concern to bed. Throw it out the window. Tell you what that concern is and why when we do return. It's the Ryan Hickey Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Ryan Hickey Show. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get back to Victor Wembanyama here in a second. Can I make... Can I make a... Confession here. So I totally forgot the word for a second. That is scary. Try to still get my overnight conditioning back after missing the last few weeks. Can I make a confession to you, Alex? This is my confession. I truly despise bachelorette parties. Despise them. Despise what? Bachelorette parties. Oh, bachelorette. Okay. Not for the reasons, but because they're all the same. Yeah. I can't stand, because now I'm at that age, I'm 29 years old, where a lot of people I know are getting married. So now a lot of people are going on bachelorette parties. What I can't stand about them is the fact that they're all the same, but each bachelorette party acts like this is the first time anyone's ever doing this. It's all the same. They all have the same slogans. They all wear the same outfits where it's the brides in white, Wife of the party, some other cheesy saying on the shirt. Everyone else is in black or some other coordinated color to show that they are part of the party all together. Everyone's got a penis straw. Everyone's got some sort of hoedown, last hoedown before we go down the altar or something like that. Like, it's all the same. Same locations, 
Nashville, Miami. It's all the same. And it drives me crazy that on social media, every single girl will try to tell you, no, no, no. Trust me, you've never seen this before. Ready? You ready for this? We're going to go out and we're going to take the groom's face, put it on popsicle sticks, and walk around all night with the groom's face on a stick. Never seen that before. Psych, I have the last 10 months. It drives me insane. It drives me crazy. I've actually, I have, I apologize. You are now just dealing with the brunt of frustration. I have felt this way for like months. Because now I'm really starting to see it for the first time with everyone going on bachelorette parties and they're all the same. It is infuriating. So I have a question for you. Is bachelor parties the same? Maybe it's just guys. I I feel like if you go, it's it's different. Like guys will go on bachelor parties and just sell it like oh we just hang out for a weekend in wherever. It's not like a whole to do. It's not guys wearing matching shirts. It's not guys trying to go to Nashville for the first time. Like wow we're the first bachelorette party or bachelor party to ever go to Nashville. Crazy, right? How come no one's ever thought of this before? I just feel like guys present it differently. I'm going to my first bachelor party about a month or so from now. Ready for this? Scottsdale, Arizona. Is there, like, anything to do there? Uh, yeah. Sweat to death. <laughs> Sweat to death. Well, it's apparently a hopping. Well, it's like a really up-and-coming place with a lot of good bars and stuff. But we're going to play golf one day at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oof. In the middle, or I should say in early August, in the middle of the desert. If I don't come back, you'll know why. <laughs> the vultures picking on my carcass. But my girlfriend is going on a bachelorette party next week. And the, the one reason why I hate bachelorette parties is because everything's the same. The other reason is they play stupid games. You ready for this? She shared this with me. There's a thing called the groom quiz where they ask, I guess, the bride and the groom questions. The the groom, like, records his answers, and then they play it back on the bachelorette party when they ask the bride these same questions. She has no idea what the groom says, and they're supposed to match up and see who's right. Some of these questions are the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. For example, one of the questions on the groom quiz is, what is the bachelorette's shoe size? Oh, I've seen these. It's, it's like a his or her type of thing. Um, yeah. No. Do you have a girlfriend, Alex? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so maybe you're not the right person to ask, so I guess I'll just use myself here. I've, me and my girlfriend dating like five and a half years. We lived together for the last year and a half. I have no idea her shoe size. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know why I'm supposed to know that. I don't buy her shoes. She buys herself shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, like they make it seem like this is common knowledge. I don't see how knowing your shoe size is common knowledge. Here's another one. What is the bachelorette's bra size? I was about to say that. I, I don't know. About, I'm not even kidding. I like. I was about to say like someone uh, like, isn't it like a number and a letter or like? Yes. Okay. Thirty three D. Like what? What is that? <laughs> like I was actually high, explained to. I, I think the number is the width of the back. Something like that. I mean, this is just, yeah, this, this is going to be, uh, ladies listening, I am so sorry. Yeah. We are so uneducated here. But it's like, why do I need to know my girlfriend, or in this case, fiance's, which not my fiance, but the groom quiz, if this is your fiance, you're getting grilled by these questions. Why would you know her bra size and or care? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of those types of, like, 
air quote quizzes, I guess. Do you think this is you talk about a no win situation here? This is there's do you think the bachelorette looks best in a sundress, jeans and a tank top, lingerie, or pajamas? It's a no win answer. Who cares, number one? But why like why are these the most random? You should just say all of them, all of the above. You have to go to the store to get milk and on a whim decide to get the bachelorette a treat. What do you get her? (laughs) That first first part of the question is so unnecessary. You could just say, what's your favorite snack? What is your favorite body part of the bachelorette? What? Like, what are we doing? How is this fun? This is... This is so. This all all this is doing is just causing fights. I have to uh, during the break. I'll I'll show you a video. But literally everything you're explaining, like verbatim in video form. I honestly, if this is part of what getting married getting married means, I don't think my brain get married. I can't. I don't think my girlfriend would ever want to do this quiz. Uh, she's not that. She's not like that. I don't think. But some of these questions. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You got to be like this is just this is why I just it drives me so stupid. It is so stupid. I apologize for you having to just bear the front of that frustration, but thank you for being a good sport, Alex. But there you go. That is my random take of hating bachelorette parties. They're all the same and they play stupid games. There you go. There you go. All right. Back now. We'll get the 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 wheels back on track here. We're talking Victor Wembenyama expectations. What are your realistic expectations for Victor Wembenyama for his career to be considered a success? For me, it's winning a championship. Flat out. One championship, he's the centerpiece, boom, call it a career. Anything else you do from there is gravy. But I will say he has absolutely lived up to the hype if you win one championship. And you're the reason for it. I think the hype to me has gotten way too far and way too unrealistic where it's impossible for him to love to. For example, on Twitter, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three, big sneaky tweets, Victor Wembenyama should be a 15-year NBA player, 12-time All-Star, average 30 points, 15 rebounds, Five blocks per game, win three MVPs, and two NBA titles, first ballot Hall of Famer. That is the expectation. That is lunacy. 30 points per game. Alex, do you have any guess how many players in NBA history have averaged 30 points per game for their entire career? For their entire career? For their entire career. Probably like just KD. I, that's the only player I can think of right now. Kevin Durant is at 27.27 points per game. Jeez. There are two players in NBA history that have averaged over 30 points per game. Will Chamberlain is second. You are right about that, 30.07. And Michael Jordan is first, 30.1. So, like, the greatest player of all time and one of the greatest centers of all time. So, if he is not, bare minimum, the third best player to ever play this game... And record the bare minimum, the third highest points per game average in a career, he's a bust. Again, I'm not kidding when I said the expectations are out of control. 
Big Sneaky is just the latest example. You have people on other networks, not this one, because we are smart here, other networks, that says he is considered, Wembenyama, a bust if he's Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, or Akeem Olajuwon. It has gone too far. And that's why I'm trying to reel in expectations and make them realistic. All right, he did play tonight. Before I get back to your thoughts, here at 855-212-4227. It was a debut that I'm sure Wembenyama will love to forget. Nine points to a 13 shooting. Oof. Eight, uh, eight rebounds, five blocks. There was, though, I thought one positive we saw from just one game, and that's this. Wembenyama's size, in terms of his lack of muscle build, is not going to be a problem. There was a fear that he was too thin, and he looks like a toothpick. Guy's seven foot four. I mean, he must, the, the weight's going to be deceiving because he's so tall, so it's not going to be like 150 pounds, but he looks like he is emaciated. His calves are toothpicks. His arms are extremely skinny. There is zero muscle on anywhere on his body. But you watch him how he played on Friday night. The lack of muscle is not going to be a problem. Look, the NBA is not a physical league anymore. It's a finesse league. So physicality doesn't win. Women Yama doesn't have to be bullying guys down low in the paints in order to get his. He can win with skill and finesse. And so I don't think now a lack of muscle is going to be a deterrent in terms of Wembenyama's career not getting off. If he stinks, if he's a bust, it won't be because he's too thin. He's skilled, and the game now is expanded where you need a big man to shoot threes. He can do that as well, but it's a really a full-court game. He's not going to be banging bodies down low on a nightly basis like they did in the 80s and 90s. There's less physicality, which means now it's less important to be muscular and have a strong build. So his size being too thin, I don't think, will be a reason why Wembenyama struggles in the NBA. But what are your expectations at 855-212-4227? 855-212-4227. Again, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. What are your expectations for Victor Wembenyama where you would consider his career to be a success. Brian, call from Baltimore. What's up, Brian? Yes, I've been following these so-called phenoms for, oh, probably close to 60 years. I'm not that young. I'm retired. And uh, the last one I can compare him to in my lifetime, uh, the hype and super hype regarding uh, someone that looks like him was from UCLA. Do you know who I'm talking about? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, and that was one. And then, of course, it was the redhead. And the redhead was another one. Kareem did much better. But the redhead, he had defeat problems uh, throughout his career. And I understand what people, or you and other people are saying about it's not as tough under the boards as it used to be. Maybe so. But all it takes is one Somebody with a vendetta or just a little pissed off that that evening and gives him a good hit. And uh, I hope it doesn't happen because I, I wish the young man well. But uh, I, I, I just I, I just compare him to to the redhead. And, Which is and you know who I'm talking about. I don't. You don't know who I'm talking about? No. The one that had defeat problems. Oh, Bill Walton? 
Exactly, exactly right. And, uh, and boy, the hype, still around, out actually, the hype surrounding him, I think, because he was a white guy and Kareem was black, I think it was much bigger uh, for Walton. And uh, it, it just didn't pan out, unfortunately. Of course, he's gone on to a great career with broadcasting and so on. But, uh, no, I, I agree with you. If Victor can get one championship, I think – I think that'll be an asset. Uh, but other than that, I can't see him going much further. I really can, and I hope I'm wrong. And that's the case, Brian, and you are right. I appreciate the call, man, where it just won title and then it kind of falls off where he's never able to run it back or, or do much better. Fine. That's still a win. You get a championship under your belt. You get a championship ring to your name. That is a win. Quick, go to Dale in Alabama. Hello, Dale. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? How how were you at 19? Uh, immature, to say the least, stupid, um, and drinking a lot. So this guy is an NBA player. He played in, like, the pro league over there. Yep. So he's ahead. I'm just saying, he's ahead of the game. He's skinny, yeah. He's 19. He can bust up someone. And he, 23 years old, where will he be? No, I, I, I Dale, I, I appreciate the call, man. I think you're right about that. Actually, I want to put a pin in what Dale just said because I want to circle back to that. We'll do it after the update here. But Dale just brought up a good point, and especially when it comes to year number one, right, his rookie year, what to expect. Wembenyama said something, kind of speaking to Dale's point here about age. When Benyama said something after the game that kind of caught my attention, I want to play for him and do return here because I think that's also setting the tone for what to expect in just year number one. Forget about his entire career. We're talking about just year number one. I'll have you listen to that when we do return here. It's the Ryan Hickey Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Ryan Hickey Show. All right, so one thing to remember here about Victor Wembenyama. He's 19 years old. Right? He's still growing. He's still learning. He's still adapting to what is a different game here in the U.S. and in the NBA compared to Paris. I want to play here one of something he said post game that was really interesting and something smart. I think it's going to help, hopefully, change your opinion if it was a high one going to at least his rookie year. Here's Victor Wembanyama hours ago after his first. Uh, summer league game, kind of talking about the areas in which he did struggle in. Honestly, I, di- I didn't really know what I was doing on the court tonight, but it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm trying to learn for the next games, and the, the important is to be ready for, for the season. Didn't know what he was doing out there. Some people could take that in a negative light. I actually take that in a positive. I like that because I like that he's being honest, honest with us, but also honest with himself. He's still learning. He's still adjusting. And for someone right now who's been as hyped as he has been, right, where, again, you have people talking about how he might be the most hyped prospect in NBA history. He has been told probably his entire life how great he is. He does this well, does that well, this, that. I'm sure there's never been many times where he's on the court saying, oh, boy, what am I doing? Or, oh, boy, someone says I suck, and you know what? They're right. Already in just the first game of Summer League to be humble enough to say, yeah, I'm kind of running out there checking my head cut off and trying to figure it out as I go. That's what year one's going to be. 
Year one's going to be a learning curve. Year one's going to kind of be a lot of trial and error. See what works, what doesn't work. And that's okay. But there are times it could be ugly. Like today, he got dunked on. Dunk thrown right over his head. Didn't think we'd see that at 7-4. But you know what? It happens. Push through it. I think this year could be an ugly year where I don't think it's a lock from noon to win rookie of the year. But again, that's fine. Just remember that now. Remember what he said. Running around on the court, having no idea what he's doing. Remember that once a season comes around and adjust your expectations accordingly. I think he'll still be good for his career, don't get me wrong. But it may not be as fast of a start as people are anticipating. Just remember that. Speaking of Webanyama, 855-212-4227. Alex is calling from Hot Scottsdale. Hello, Alex. Hey, how are you? Good, man. What's going on? Nothing. I heard you're coming to my neck of the woods. Yes, yes, for a big bachelor party. And I hope not only do we make it down there, I hope to make it out alive and not melt. No promises, though. You know, you know, you're going to be amazed. They have this invention, and you can just walk into a building, right? It'll cool the building like 70 degrees, and what is outside is called air conditioning. Well, unless Scottsdale has technology I'm unaware of, we are playing golf or scheduled to play golf in the middle of the day. Oh, ouch. So that is where, yeah, ouch. the air conditioning will not uh, do much work, and that is where I'm nervous about not making it home alive. Yeah, you know what? Just drink plenty of water. You will be good. It's funny. I'm originally from New Jersey, and I actually – had a friend in New Jersey, this would probably be the equivalent, who played golf um, on a day it was like three degrees outside. So, I mean, people do do it. I mean, Yeah, I guess I'd rather be hot than cold, so I guess I'd rather play in the 110-degree heat than the three degrees. Um, right. But, yeah, sorry. So the, the tip is drink water. That's the insider Scottsdale members-only tip? That's what I would say, yes. Okay. And stay inside. Stay inside and drink a lot of water. All right. All right. I appreciate the tip. We'll try to remember that. Um, mix in a few beers, I'm sure, as well. But we'll drink a lot of water, I promise. Right. But on Wembenyama, I mean, I mean, not to sound negative, and again, even though the game's changed, it's not as physical as it used to be. I mean, the guy's, what, 7'3 and less than 170 pounds? Uh, no, I mean, he's... I got to look at his height. I mean, he's tall, so he's weighs probably like 230 or something like that. Okay. I thought – But he's, he doesn't have a lot of muscle. Right. Okay. So that kind of changes my point then. But, no, I was going to say, like, skinny guys like that. I mean, what about um, that – who's that guy the Rockets drafted, that uh, Chinese guy, like 20 years ago? I mean – Yao Ming? Yeah, same type of frame, right? Wasn't he supposed to be the no, next? Yao was uh, bigger. I mean, they're same height, but Yao was definitely taller and had a little bit more muscle on him. I'm pretty sure the call, Alex. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, he's thin, but like you said, it's not, you don't need physicality as much. You're not relying as much anymore on muscle as you are on athletic ability. And Wembenyama has a lot of athletic ability. So I don't think that his skinny frame, we just looked up, he's 209 pounds, which is not a lot. 
for someone who is seven foot four. I just don't think, at least what we saw tonight, like he had no problem getting to the rim. He had problem finishing. That's just going to come, I think, once you get the nerves out and kind of get your flow back. But he got to the rim anytime he wanted. And with, you know, you less hitting and less bumping, I don't think he's going to have too much of a problem, uh, too much of a problem in terms of asserting his dominance and too much problem getting bullied um, down low. That's for sure. Duh. So before we get to Doug here, in case you missed it, we were talking about 20 minutes ago. I have a real random but deep hatred for bachelorette parties because I just feel like they're all the same. Everyone, every time they post on social media, they try to trick you as if this is the first time you're ever seeing this sort of idea of, oh, we're going to go celebrate the bride and we're going to do all these things in a city that everyone's been or no one's been to. No one's ever done a bachelorette party in Nashville. Here we come, Nashville. It's all the same. It drives me crazy. Doug is calling from Nebraska. Hello, Doug. Yo, I, yeah, that's. <laughs> I wanted to say specifically, though, Na- I know you're single. Well, you have a girlfriend, but Nashville in particular, that's like the bachelorette capital of the world. It's incredible. So you have a dynamic. If I, I was there for a bachelor party okay. of one of my best friends, and me and a bunch of <laughs> my other single guy friends were just running into just bachelorette party after bachelorette party after bachelorette party. And it, it, parts of it were awesome. The worst part of it is when they tried to procure funds for like the, they'll, they'll, you know, all of a sudden some girl from bachelorette party comes up and approaches you asks you a question you think it's you know just genuine but then the next thing you know they're asking you for like a buck pay them a buck for a sucker or something and it's going to the the bachelorette's honeymoon or something like that Doug you brought up something I did not mention that honestly may grind my gears the most buy the bride a drink how many right. QR codes I have seen on social media of people I barely know and or don't know that are like, oh, buy the bride a drink. That is not my responsibility. That is nobody's responsibility that's not on the bachelorette party. That is what the bachelorette party is for, for the girls on the trip to buy the bride, uh, buy the bride a drink. And exactly. people do it shamelessly week after week. I pray no idiot or sucker actually donates that stupid fund, but I, the <laughs> amount of QR codes I have seen is infuriating. Buy the bride a drink. Give me a break. Give it's me so a good. I mean, it, sometimes it can be an icebreaker, but yeah, get, get out of my face. In your instance, Doug, for yes. For me, look on social media with a girlfriend, absolutely not. For you, it could work, and maybe a dollar will go a long way. But <laughs> right. for others, and I appreciate the call, we got to run here, man. It is... So ridiculous. The bride is not buying drinks anyway. I don't need the bachelorettes pushing on social media for them in order to get out of buying her an extra drink. It's ridiculous. It is maddening. Oh, God. I did not think we'd end the show talking about bachelorette parties and a lot of the frustrations that go along with them. But there we are. There we are. That will do it. 
for this edition of the Ryan Hickey Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. A huge thank you to Alex. You did a tremendous job producing this show and putting up with me as I let up my frustration. Because that's the thing. I've kept it internal for a long time. I don't even really let my girlfriend know about some of these feelings about bachelorette parties, etc. So thank you for being my therapist, Alex. Thank you for tuning in and joining us here on this Saturday morning. Again, this show is, is nothing without the listeners, so we do thank you. Don't go anywhere. Dave Smith is next. As always, you'll be listening to the Ryan Hickey Show right here on CBS Sports Radio.